Welcome to the Along Come Norwich podcast, a deep dive into the dark depths of a Norwich City fan's consciousness. We'll daringly deliver discussion, diatribes and debates, and we're delighted you're listening. I'm Tom, and I'm joined as ever by John Punt. Hello. Andrew Lorney-Lorne. Hey, we. Oh, and our friends Delia and Michael have popped round Lorneys for a cup of wine. Hi there. Hello. We're sorry we've been a bit quiet on the audio front, but we've been busy making and waving flags about. But the good news is that means there's plenty to get our teeth into with a pair of majority shareholders. We'll run through the steady start to 2019, touch on the transfer window, look ahead to some season-defining fixtures, and then make the most of our esteemed company, who you probably want to hear from more than us. Natural place to start, everyone. We're sitting pretty as we run into this last 20 or so games. Um, We're going to do it, aren't we, gentlemen? Yeah, we are going to play those 20 games. I mean automatic promotion. (laughs) We absolutely are going to play those games. Uh, Yeah. We're definitely going to do it. Nailed on. Put all your house on it right now. All of my house. I think if we get through the next two fixtures relatively unscathed, I think we're going to be all right. I think I first think or second. Key, actually, I really do. I mean, uh, if we if we got nil points out of those two and they've got three each, it's not good. Mm. The, the plus side on that, Michael, is that in the next eight games after that, we play five of the bottom eight. So yeah. even if we were to come up with a duck in the next, uh, which is fitting as we're watching England play badly at cricket at the moment in Lonnie's front room, um, if we were to, to, to fail in the next couple of games to, to pick up any points, within uh, by, the, by mid-March we've played five of the bottom eight coming up. So we've got plenty of chance to then make that up and they will take points off each other. Yeah. If you could pick, so if, if right now there's three games coming up, Sheffield United, Leeds, Ipswich, if you could pick to win one, draw one and lose one, which way around would you do it? It's got to be a win Ipswich. Would it? Yeah. No, no I, I would. No, I'd rather win the other two. I can only win one, Dean. Yeah, win one, draw oh, one, lose one. I agree. Yeah, one win. Who do you beat? It's got to be Leeds, isn't it? See, See I would say Sheffield United I because automatic promotion is more important than the title. Sheffield. So you beat Sheffield United, you draw with Ipswich, and you lose to Leeds, and you accept that you go a bit further behind them and hope you can catch up. Yeah. Can't lose to to, we, to oh, that. I lot. just want to beat it. No, I just want to beat Ipswich. I've got another scenario though. Okay, then. We win all three. That's That'd yeah. Nice. That's terrific. That, that, Nine points. That would be better. And and think that's where we could be in in just a couple of weeks' time. And um, this is a ma- massive time for the club. And um, I was saying before that uh, we've got this obviously big game coming up. Um, Sheffield United. Gary Medine's just signed on loan from Cardiff, but apparently Chris Wilder's not going to go to kicking the ball up long to them. Um, how how confident are we that we will be able to combat their their attacking style? I think it's going to be really tricky and probably predominantly because as much as Tom Tribal was brilliant against Birmingham, Sheffield United are a completely different physical test and we haven't got Alex Tetty. But if Tribal can play like he did against Brum, Vrancic I think gets his foot in way more than he did last season, Yeah, I think we can beat them, definitely. I think we owe Sheffield United on the yeah. moment, don't we? Like They hate us for the game over there last September <gasps> and since then they've beat us twice, one time really unfortunately. At home last season, I missed the game, so I don't know how unfortunate it was. But Time to rise up. I feel like we owe them mm-hmm. I do. this week. And wouldn't it be nice just to make Chris Wilder cry? <laughs> it, no, he it, just kicks the he kicks all it, the bottles. Well, right, that'd be nice to see as well, wouldn't it? Get Wilder and Wilder. It does seem to be quite an interesting character. And it, those, those big, larger-than-life characters that have been down to Carroll Road have been silenced mostly this season. Do you I, then get to meet them after the game? Like, no. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we do. 
But Chris, you're not expecting Chris Wilder to no. stroll in on Saturday. We're not expecting Chris Wilder. No, no. Draw Duke, a line. Disney managers we've had in the past. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> former managers come back. <laughs> yeah, but we watched them last Saturday on TV. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, first one they, they were okay. They weren't actually yeah, setting the world alight, mm. were they? No. Um, well, and the, the result didn't <laughs> set the world alight either. Just it made a very, very perfect weekend for the Canaries with, with it the, was the a drop great point. Day. They yeah. made Leroy Fur look good, didn't they? Talking about some of the managers that you've had coming back, it's nice that you've got. Um, it's nice that obviously you've got a good relationship with many of them. They'll come back. So we think that you've appointed twelve in your time. Well, we think that's about right. Um, that's what punt maths was anyway. Uh, yeah, that was a back of a fact packet. Yeah. Yeah. I trust it more now. I know it's him. Yeah. Got a little yeah. quiz question. Then. Go on then. How many Scottish managers have we had in the last twenty years? In the last twenty years, Scottish. So we've had Gunn and Lambert, I mean, including caretakers. Neil. Yeah, Neil, yeah. Oh, okay. Alan Irvine. Oh, Jim Duffy, that's left field. Five. What was it's quite a high no, The 12 doesn't include te- caretakers, <coughs> does it? Does or doesn't? No, it's a le- it's, sorry, this is Michael's 12. question. There aren't 12. That's the total number. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Of, of those 12, half of them Yeah, about Scottish. half. Five or six. More. Really? Who, who are we missing? Hewton, no. Irish. John Faulkner, was he Scottish? Bruce Riock. Thank you. Bruce Riock. Yeah. That's more your generation. Yeah. We're it's quite young. My generation. Yeah. Well, we're still a lot younger. Mm. Worthington wasn't. <coughs> no. Uh, Gun, I think age is clicking in now. I can't yeah. remember names. Yeah. Yeah. I know the who I mean. Seven, but don't ask me who they are. Who's <laughs> <laughs> one who used to be a wonderful player? Paul Lambert. You no, know, and the, his last game was QPR away. Oh, Hammer. Um, Peter Grant. Hammer. Yes. Oh, Peter Grant. Oh, right. He was Scottish. Oh, yeah, I like yes, listening to him speak. I just, can't, yeah. I just can't remember names. Why is it well, about Scottish managers that particularly takes your fancy? We don't appoint we them. Don't. Are, are we you don't involved in it managers. at all? We're involved. We were involved, but then this wonderful thing happened. We used to interview them. Oh, God, everyone that came in, you know, was better than the last one. And <laughs> it was just amazing, wasn't it? When we finally got... Secret Bruce Places, Rio, my agent's house in Limehouse. We, we interviewed 14 people, and that was a self-defeating exercise. Because, yeah, I mean, you think super, super managers are going to get crashed through the door at some point. They don't. They will have something, but it's... Uh, There's no way you can tell. You know. Well, that was the thing for me when we appointed Farker and we went down the Stuart Webber complete rejig, was that we stepped off that managerial merry-go-round yeah. of just mm. managers. You just go from club to club and do all right, then fail, get sacked, do all right, get sacked, do all right, get sacked. And it's just... <laughs> How, how are different. they employing him again? Yeah. You know? Well, like, yeah, like, <laughs> Alan Pardew's a really good example. It's like, a manager who just keeps getting jobs, keeps getting linked to jobs, does well, all right at first, and then it would yeah. be so boring to appoint Alan Pardew. There are a lot of those in the lower leagues as well. Um, I think I heard Mark Clement not long ago, the BBC like Football League pundit, saying something similar, that there are so many... I think he might have actually been talking about the limited number of black managers in, in lower league football, mm. because there are so many kind of journeymen that will go from League 2 to League 1 to League 1 to League 2 and they'll keep getting jobs because they, they'll organise things and they've, they've got 20 years experience but yeah. actually unlike a Farker or someone else who's actually like here's a philosophy here's something to really change it yeah. especially in the lower leagues you need someone who's going to bring through youth because you need to sell to, to kick on of course you do. I mean the question we had on, on the managers so going back to when you were going to secret places yeah. and, yeah. Um, and, and oh, that, that's, that's something on like a side point how difficult do you guys find it to keep the secrets that you need to keep when you're told by Joe Ferrari or someone else to say, you mustn't tell anyone this, do you, Michael? Shush, 
How hard do you, do you, have you got used to being yeah, able to keep tight lipped? It's quite simple. Ten minutes later, we've forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> it's our age. It's right. our age. It's that, our that's age. a good fallback. But we've had two breakthroughs in choosing managers. Two big breakthroughs. One was the arrival of David McDally, who said, "No, you don't ever interview them. That's the last thing you do is interview them. You you just find out who you want, go for him, have a list five, go work through the list, go for the one you want first. You know, yeah. hallelujah. Yeah. And along came um, Paul yeah. Lambert. Along yeah. came Paul Lambert. That was the first breakthrough. Yeah. The second breakthrough was Stuart Weber. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's nothing to do with us. Right. You know, yeah. it's just amazing to have Stuart. You know, Stuart was just amazing choosing our manager. Yeah, and when and when you first met with Stuart, was that uh, was that you know in the agent's house or was that you know where where was that was that? He came to Carrow Road. Oh, okay. He came to Carrow Road, and um, we did actually interview Stuart, but we knew all about him before, um, and um, it's just it's just it was just you know brilliant. Did he, what kind of preparation had he done? Did, did he have present any ideas? Or yes. He came, we had a board meeting, and you say about how do you keep secrets, you know, as board directors. He came to a meeting, five managers, was it five or six? I think it was five. Five, probably. Five. Bom, bom, bom. There they are, this is what they do, this is what they've done. Da, 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 I've seen them once, I'm going to see them all again. I mean, the thoroughness of it all. And then you say, how do you keep a secret? When we got to the end of the board meeting, he collects the papers up. He said, I'm not allowing you have them. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I don't want it to get out. I yeah. don't want it to get out. Very good. Okay. Um, so we've, you're talking about uh, David and Nelly, and that brings us on to talking about the seven-year plan that, that there was at the time there. And obviously, we, we, we got ahead yeah. of ourselves and, and got promoted early. Um, how, how far is the furthest ahead that, that you, you, you have ever planned? Is that the time when you genuinely look that far ahead, or have you ever looked further ahead than that? You can't. You can't look ahead. So is that a bit of The PR reason we all go to football time? every week is because we don't know what's happening. Mm. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly don't. I don't know what's going on. You can't <laughs> plan. You can't. You know, that's the only thing I've learned in 23 years. The only thing I know for certain is I know nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Because that's why we're all there. Because if we knew, if we could predict, and we don't know what's going to happen. Like, I can't say where we're going to be, what's going to happen. I don't know what referee we're getting. Mm. I don't know whether we're getting injuries or what's going to happen. What do you, you know? guys think of the uh, standard of refereeing this season? Because I think it has been one of the poorest <laughs> Head in hands. Yeah, <laughs> head, head in hands. <laughs> be careful. It's strictly between us. Of course. No, no because yeah. it's going out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it gets real here, yeah. and then it all go around like, don't, you know. Without, without mixing any... They're wonderful. Without any, any, yeah. They try their hardest. Okay, but I'll tell you what. Every so referee tries their hardest. <laughs> they don't. I, I have refereed football. They definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> you might be the exception. So, dear Michael, uh, just uh, don't have an opinion on it, but I will wait on my phone. <laughs> and I, I think that it... We accept that in uh, we accept that they are humans. We accept there's errors made, and we accept that in the second flight you are not going to get as good a referee as you would in the Premier League. Of course, otherwise they would be getting paid four times more than they are, and they'd be in the Premier League. We had one not... or two. We had one or two though in the Premier League, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. What about that? that first but what about one? that line though at Arsenal? Well, mm. yeah. Again, not to mention specifics, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I find annoying is the obvious. Uh, the obvious balancing up, and I think you get that a lot more 
in the second flight. I don't know if boys you agree with me. It's it, Premier League refs seem to be a bit more savvy with the way they'll maybe try and be fair over the course of a game, whereas. It, sometimes it only goes 30, 45 seconds after what was clearly a very contentious decision, an obvious attempt at the other end to level it up, and I think you see that a lot more in the second flight than you do in the Premier League. I don't think you see it at all. I think you're looking for it, and I, but referees, honestly, refereeing football, you don't think about levelling up a game. You just take your decisions based on what's in front of you. But it's but interesting, I mean, because we think, we, think, we think as a group, and Barclay and Norwich agree, that making more noise, having more uh, atmosphere, shouting for the players makes a, a, a tangible yeah. difference. You would therefore think that it would make a tangible difference to the referee as I well, if they does. feel that they are really under pressure. My dad was a free, uh, Norfolk, Norfolk <laughs> vicar, and he's football mad Norfolk vicar, by the way, and we went every, right from 1955, we came to Norwich. And he loved everybody, and he was never a, uh, an irrita a irritated Christian. man and a good Christian. He hated referees. <laughs> <laughs> he never actually swore at them, but he let, he let rip sometimes. <laughs> can we just say how much we enjoy what you're doing, you guys? You it's can say wonderful. that, certainly. Definitely, it's yes. wonderful to watch on Saturday, you know, all those flags and all that. It is just amazing. And I know it affects the players, I know it does. Did you buy all the flags yourselves? Uh, yeah, so we really? crowdfunded. Um, oh, so not our, it's not our own pocket. So it's the fans. It's paid for by the fans for the fans. So we, so our crowdfund is up to eight thousand pounds now, and we've got a few thousand left to spend on lots more flags. And we've got something oh, we, very special planned for Ipswich. Yeah. We could be involved in the crowdfunding. If you want us to if if fans, you could be a member of the crowd. Yeah. Uh, any any <laughs> fan who wants to donate is yeah. Yeah. is very welcome. We will. We will. We, I think I can say this without giving too much away for Ipswich, but we had uh, some of the display for Ipswich delivered this week, and it weighed nine and a half stone. Right. So we've got Look some out. good plans for Ipswich. Yeah, it's going to be quite the, quite the display, and, and if the boys can back that up with, with the display on the pitch, then that'll be... They will. It, yeah, they, <laughs> they will. I'm very confident. <laughs> they will. We talked just before we, we hit record about um, some some lovely players no longer of this parish. Um, are there any particular players that are no longer at the club that you have particularly fond memories of and wish that there would be a way if they were still fit and young and, and ready that you think, oh, I'd love to see them playing in a Daniel Farker side? Oh, How far back do we go? As far as you want. Yeah, I, mean, as as you I mean, want. just thinking of players from, from down the years that you think, well, wouldn't that be wonderful to see them in, in the passing the passing midfield of Farker? I'd only go back to Wes, for example. Like A young <laughs> oh, Wes in Farker's team uh, would be... Yeah. Yeah. Swoony. But who'd he fit? Would you drop Burnley for him? No, I'd... Um, I think he'd fit in the Stephenman role because I think Wes worked deceptively hard. He's not as combative and as good in the air as Stephenman. Yeah. No, but he's better on the ball. So it swings around a bit. Well, I, th I think he's the, the greatest. I just missed Wes! Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> this question was for us. I would, I would say Ron Ashman because nobody can possibly remember Ron. My, my, so my, my, my dad would <laughs> remember like Ron Ashman. Yeah. yeah. One of the uh, longest right backs and captain and. He, he only died a couple of years ago, didn't he? Mm. Disco Dale. Disco Dale. Disco Dale. I was actually watching a clip of Disco Dale the other day. Um, Millwall away from like the eighties or something. Oh, was that the three-two? Yeah, with Fleck, yeah. Flecky late, late yeah. winner. Why Disco Dale? I don't know, but um, <coughs> I don't know about you know tactics or anything like that. But all I remember was him just going up, the, going up the wing, not passing to anybody, and just going straight in scoring. Mm. 
you know. And I do that sometimes. I, I shout, I say, don't pass it, don't pass it, keep it. <laughs> yeah. Because he used to keep it, didn't he? Yeah. And just, just go straight up, in. It's something that I love about uh, Hernandez. Uh, he, yeah. he has a, yeah, exactly. a, a head down. And also, he very recently, someone who's moved on recently, um, that brought Yannick a few friends. You know, Yannick Wiltshire, mm. in his short period of time, when, when he was first getting a few forays into the team, he seemed to have a similar head down, I will just charge with this ball. And it... And without the skill. And, and it's a player we saw on the, the television not long ago, um, Anthony Pilkinson. He was another one who was a really good, I'm going to stick my head down. If I run really fast at this fullback, actually, that's really difficult to defend against. Um, well, Huckabee as well. well he's, on a, he's on another podcast this very he evening. Is. Mm. He is. Uh, it was a similar one, wasn't he? He, just, he got the ball and you knew that he just wanted to put it in the net. That was all he was thinking about. Yeah. I don't know. Wherever I think he, he was, was really unselfish, though. He got himself into some brilliant positions and slotted the likes of Crouch and Ewan and all the rest of it. Yeah, Ewan owes him a lot of his goals. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and then, then Dion always says the same. Dion says that he, you know, he, he really relied on, on Hux for, for so much of his service. Where are the really, really warm welcomes? Where are the, the kind of dates on the on the calendar that you think, oh, I'm really looking forward to go there because either the sandwiches are top-notch or the hospitality is really, really welcome. So yeah, very, very, very nice. Restaurant yeah. with lovely people. I, I found the... Um, I like it when the supporters are nice. Yeah. And the, the supporters in West Brom were lovely. Like, as you walk down the street, you see all the supporters. In a way, that's just as nice. Cardiff always had lovely supporters. I won't tell you who don't have. <laughs> no, I think a few of us know that. I mean, I mean, it is newsworthy that we have got a, a game coming up where some sections of the um, of the Leeds United fraternity have, have tried to be um, unpleasant about not being welcoming to, to Norwich fans. That's something that's been spreading on social media. Right. Uh, both Lorne and I have got quite a big soft spot for Leeds um, yeah. for, for various different reasons and I think we all have well well it's it's a really History. What, what was mm. good from a um again from a social media point of view was then came the raft of Leeds United fans saying don't be ridiculous if this isn't the 1980s it's you know the fact that the fact that they're looking in that they they've asked for why what Bielsa is up to doesn't match with the charter mm -hmm. is is no reason to throw stones at the bus or not be pleasant to, no, to the fans no, no. Um, so as we've kind of got onto that with, with the Bielsa situation, um, the phrasing of, of what the, the letter that we've sent to, to clarify, we've asked for clarity, us and 11 other clubs or us and 10 other clubs have asked for clarity on what Leeds' tactics are with this spying mm -hmm. and putting these dossiers together. Uh, it says that it's, we think that it might have contravened the EFL charter. I don't know what that is. Do you? What, what is it that we've, that we've, that we've, that we've signed up to? Yeah, Dean didn't charter. sign it. Michael, what have we signed up to? Oh, well, the EFL charter, I expect. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't read any small print on that. Um, I think, I think to, to, to have exposed it, to have made, made a point that, you know, unethical and all that, that's enough. That's yeah. Really that. yeah okay. no, no one's asking for point deductions, etc. It's just, mm. <laughs> it, it might help us. We might ask for a point deduction at the end of April. It might actually, if it could just be a couple of points, that might help us. But I, it's, it, to me, I... I Part of me admires the thoroughness of, of, of compiling a massive dossier on each individual team. I mean, some of the, the figures that were quoted around there, four hours on each game per team. But Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. Like, you, the reaction to it, I think, has been ridiculous. The way people are like, oh, that, that's so 
That's so out of order, so against the spirit of the game. And like, I don't understand what the difference between being able to send in someone to watch Derby's training is compared to Frank Lampard wanting the game called off because one floodlight's a bit dimmer mm. compared to a player pretending to be injured with two minutes to go and their time wasting or when they know they're about to be substituted run into the other side of the pitch. Like, we all want our players to do Wes that. Wes was really good at that. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and it, it is good game intelligence, but where's the difference between you're always trying to buy this a little advantage and but he hasn't really broken different? any rules. Yeah, he hasn't broken any rules, but he's potentially trespassed on private property. Well, he's on a public road. Okay, for other training sessions. Mm. So how are they going to spy at Cogney? Because they have allegedly... Exactly, so through a fence... I don't want to give them any ideas, but well, yeah. through the fence, I'm calling but it. But I think if they're entering private land and they're looking at closed doors training sessions, that's a little bit iffy to me. And you are gaining a huge advantage by looking at the last training sessions before games, looking at what formation the team's going to set up with, what the starting eleven is. I think that's naughty. But I think, as you say, Michael, let's, let's just forget it and move on because it's just not worth it. And they haven't got that. They won't do it anymore, I don't think, or they won't do it to the extent no. that they've done it. Or they'll do it clever, cleverly, more be- cleverly. Better, more cleverly. You guys have obviously mentioned before that you were much more involved in the past with uh, managerial um, decisions, you know, prior to a couple of CEOs, COOs coming in and changing not, things. Not managerial decisions, no. Sorry, sorry, Just choosing, choosing a manager. Yeah. Pardon, sorry, choosing a yeah. manager. Um, obviously, some members of the Norwich City uh, fan base are uncomfortable with how much input they seem to think that you have uh, and how, how much you might have been involved in things on, on more of the football side of things. How much does how much are you aware of that? How much do you kind of brush that off as something that is either laughable or you think, well, in the old, it, it, you know, f- further a to- more time ago, we had to be more involved. Now we're kind of miles away from day-to-day operations. How, how does that kind of sit with you, that, that kind of criticism? I don't think I don't, we've never been involved in the football, ever. Any any football decisions, yes, appointments. Um, I know it hasn't been simply us, by the way, um, making that decision. It's the board as well, and um, I think uh, we we have um, we've stood well back from any anything that happens at the colony or or, or on the pitch. We really have. Yeah, I. That's the impression I've always had, but I think we have to ask the question because obviously yeah. we're having this opportunity yeah, to chat with We've you. never had any say in yeah. the football, mm. ever, nor would we want to, nor are we qualified to. So, is it... Is well, it, we're not, we have quite a lot of say about <laughs> it. <laughs> We'd love a go. It's, uh, but, but So, similarly, on the operation side of things, on the picking, yeah. uh, what you've kind of told us already this evening is um, you also seem to be maybe slightly more removed than you have been before, even on some of the operational level stuff, because there are these really qualified people to make those decisions, yeah. or recommendations, shall yeah. we say. It's funny you should say that, because the opposite is true. Okay. Because um, I think we have sometimes been deliberately kept, you know, out of things, but it would never involve anything to do with the manager. We have to let the manager manage, and I don't any no one who's ever worked for us has interfered, have they? No. So how so, frustrated does that make you feel then when maybe a few years ago we, you could hear chants of Delia, Delia, sort it out? And I, I guess you must be aware of that and hear that in the stands. Oh, yes, yes, but I think it goes with the territory. Mm. You know, the first time somebody came up to me, <laughs> you know, like, you're like, oh, you're in this football club, mm. blah, 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 blah. I mean, I was a bit shocked the first time. Mm. I gather you dragged it into the gutter, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, no. That was that was that was another one. Right. There was one who came up to me. I had to leave early 
because I was doing filming a TV programme. And I walked down Carrow Road and I had a car at the end because you can't get the car up. And this guy came up to me and said, you have dragged our football club into the gutter. He said, will you please go? And all the stewards went, oh. And I went, well, I still love you. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way to deal with it. And yes, we are. I mean, we went to a pub before a match at Burton, didn't we? Wonderful yeah. pub. We had couple of hour and a half with all the supporters it was a lovely time and just as I was getting into the car it's, this one you know really can't get over it this guy came and he had a right old go at me like what have you done with all the money what have you done with all the money like money <laughs> I never saw any money no. <laughs> you know but we get that but now now I understand where they're coming from I understand how they feel and it it doesn't it doesn't upset me I think because we get or we don't so much now but uh, initially when we first started doing the flags and the atmosphere stuff we got quite a lot of oh you're the song police you can't tell people how to support blah blah yeah. blah 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 and I, I said at the time if you're going to change anything or if you're going to do anything positive you're going to upset someone mm. and if you're not upsetting someone you're probably not doing it right no. and that's always been my kind of mindset no there are people that, whatever you do, someone's going to be upset about it. Yeah. yeah so just do what you believe. Everybody's got their band of whingers, haven't they? It's not just in football. There's In life, mm -hmm. there's always a band of whingers who you can't ever, you know... But sometimes, you know, a supporter will come up and say something and it'll be, well, I've learned something from that, you know? And at the end of the day, I just do love them. <laughs> I really do. I'm emotionally sort of... Well, you've invested quite a lot of time and money into the football club that they support as well, haven't you? So. It is a strange thing, though, that that that, that for some some uh, it does seem to be a small and getting smaller minority of fans, but some fans do seem to genuinely think that there is some secret fund that you've siphoned money out of they the club. Do. And, and it, I, I know, just it's think so funny. it would be really interesting. Bear in mind that you, but especially bear in mind <laughs> that you publish accounts like every, like every yeah. year. You just think, yeah. well, how have they managed to do that? Yeah, it's really, it is really funny. But what you alluded to earlier is like, you know, you think you know, like we were kept out of things. But now, since Stuart Webber has arrived, we've never been so involved in our football club and we're loving it. Because Stuart Webber, he, just, he says, oh, um, Teddy's injured, can he, can he come to lunch with you two, you know, on Saturday before the match? So we've entertained almost every, every player in that squad and their family and their kids, Michael and I have entertained them, mm -hmm. on a match day. Can you imagine what, how wonderful that is? It's fantastic. And he's just brought that about and he's in, included us, hasn't he? Mm -hmm. and by, you know, he, he lets us know. You know, we'll get a text and say, oh, you know, um, so-and-so's wife just had a baby. So then we send a text and say, congratulations, you know. And it's all becoming so much more of a family. And I've been in there all day today. You know, I arrived early this morning. I've been in there all day. And there's such a wonderful buzz. I know we're doing well. But I do think in Carrow Road, you know, things are really... Um, better than they've ever been. And I think we sense that on the outside as well, because things like this wouldn't have happened no. under the previous regime, no. because there was very much Ooh. a sort of closed door, keep everyone yeah. at arm's length yeah. kind of thing, and I think that's right from the moment that you first interviewed Stuart Webber, 
what, 18 months ago. It's changed immediately after that. that it just culturally, it's just swept through the club. And you, know, you can tell nearly every employee you speak to now is really engaged in the process. And it almost feels like, and I know Daniel uses the, the phrase quite a bit, but this one unity or one club, it's just... It's what, is it, what was it in the ticket office video? One team, one dream. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. Famous, yeah. Well, it, it was it's, it's true. And it's our, also our desire has always been mm. that, um, to have... And now we have collective leadership, which is why I've dreamed of that. Mm. You know, so that, you know, you haven't got this sort of hierarchy. And so it's not that one person. Pyramid pyramid of so this new management committee, executive committee, yeah. is, that, is that the yeah. phrase? So that, that seems to be reaping dividends in that, that you have people responsible for various different elements yeah. and then they come together to make decisions. So how, how long has that been in the pipeline? How long did, was that... a someone had the idea and then the next week you did it or have, has that been rumbling on for a few months to get it right? No, I think it's taken a few months. Yeah, it's taken a few months, but um, it's certainly a wonderful way to go. And there's an attitude now, which is the most important word in the dictionary, isn't it? Attitude. There's an attitude now where um, everybody is trying to go in the same direction. And um, I've, what I've seen in my 23 years as a board director is... I now really know that for a football manager to be successful, he has to have a really good club around him. Yeah. That's what I would say. One can't do it without he, the other. Yeah, no, I think, you know, it's, um, it's, it's definitely a bit of both. You know, of course, you've got to get the right manager. But then I do think having the right club, having the supporters, what we want to try and do, probably why we're here tonight, is we... We've got it at Carrow Road. Now we want to get it with all the, our supporters. We just want to get all everybody. We're going to have the winters, you know, we always are. But wouldn't it be lovely if we can all work together to, to give the team, to give the manager, you know. And I won't have anyone say anything bad about footballers because they're great guys, really. You know, they're really good guys. I can remember, you know, with um, Portsmouth, Portsmouth could be losing 5 0 and the crowd would never stop. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think Bringing their bells and. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a big thing for me is you don't support Norwich because you expect to win every game every week. You support Norwich because it's a community and it's where you're from. And, and going to the football, you're not going to win every week. So you might as well enjoy it even if you're not winning. Yeah. And for me, that's where kind of the atmosphere and everything, that sense of wanting to go there and wanting to be involved and, yeah. and playing a part yeah. in it, like, that's why I want to go to football. Is yeah. to be part of that, not just to sit there and watch eleven people play football and then go home again. Like, I want to feel part of something bigger. And, and it is such a beautiful there. thing to have because in society at large now, there's not a lot of community, and we've got it. And wow, it's a fantastic thing to have. Now we're into the transfer window. Uh, we would uh, we'd love to hear if there are any particularly hairy uh, transfers that were either last minute or decisions, last minute decisions that were made that you can remember that you either wish you hadn't said yes to or you're really, really glad that actually you weren't sure about pushing that through, but actually he did brilliantly for us when he came in. Well, I think the um, this particular transfer window is going to be a non-event. Um, we're hoping. Uh, we're hoping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll transfer players out and we've run dead bodies, frankly. Um, 
Well, no, no, not all. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, all we them, would but... interfere then with the with the manager, wouldn't we? I mean, I would lie down in Carrow Road <laughs> and not let the car take him who I wanted not to go. <laughs> to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of them at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. As, well, as of as well, of now, all of them. All the squad <laughs> yeah. who are featuring regularly, who are not, who are yeah, like Melton. Yeah. <laughs> Just to pick a random name. Yeah. An arbitrary Norfolk beautiful, name. Beautiful Norfolk name. <laughs> sorry, Michael. Well, no, say. I was just saying there are some clubs, you know, who who, who haven't haven't made any uh, purchases or sales as yet. Um, but I'm not sure that's out of choice. Ours is out of choice. Um, I think this is the first time that I've really thought we have got backup in, in the club mm. uh, and quality backup with that. I mean, players that can, could, you could swap them over and you wouldn't actually notice much difference. Um, and uh, I mean, we're coming into the season of injuries and suspensions, uh, but I think we can cope with that and we simply do not need. What is the point of transferring people who you've got to get into the, the, the frame of mind that, that, that Norwich have? It'll take weeks, and why do it? We don't need it. Yeah, I think there's a thing at the moment, isn't there? There's, and it's, it's from Norwich and it's Tottenham are doing a similar thing. It's just this emphasis has gone back to coaching, rather than improving the players you've got, rather than looking elsewhere and trying to spend ten million pounds on buying someone from from the else. knackers yard. Yeah, and then trying to mould them again. Like we're Ooh. looking, we're looking in the academy first, and being like, right, well, you know how we play because. The under twenty threes, the under eighteens, the under seventeens, they all play the same way, mm-hmm. so you can come up yeah. the age group and I think that's so refreshing. And when we had uh, when we had the cup games earlier in the season, um, Daniel was able to name uh, a change team. I mean Bournemouth for example, we made all those changes and we actually looked exactly mm. <laughs> it was like the yeah, same league team from Saturday had just come out. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And now um, we've just installed cameras everywhere in uh, in the training in the colony. And we saw a um, a video thing, didn't we? Where um, they can now all look at all the training. So the seven-year-olds are playing the Daniel game. It's uncanny. The fifteen-year-olds are the playing the Daniel game, <laughs> and they're all the way through. You could you could just see the same passing. Can't it's quite extraordinary how right. it's. And because we've got these cameras, we spent a bit of money on getting these cameras. It means that in the training, Daniel can go and sort of wind back and say, well, you know, something, something. So it's very, very exciting. And I, I've always had a little dream, perhaps a big dream, that we could end up being like Auxerre Football Club in France, that who never buy players. Mm. They never buy them, they only make them. That's my dream. Well, that's, I think that's, that's most football fans' dream, isn't it? Well, like, well you, you only have to look at the fact that almost every club in the country is singing "He's One of Our Own" at some point because yeah. you know Wonderful. when when Toddy scored earlier this season, oh. one of the big biggest celebrations of the season because you you, you know it make and it makes such a difference with when Jamal Lewis makes a makes a big change. I mean, Todd, yeah. um, uh, Aaron Max Aaron's just incredible that yeah. that he has come from basically nowhere. It's interesting. I saw we were we had been linked with a couple of players to come into the academy, sort of uh, uh, under eighteens yeah. and, and, yeah. and youth team. And um, I think what we might find, if, um, if hopefully the the model keeps working and we you mm-hmm. know we keep being able to bring through players the way we are, 
I think we're actually going to start getting a lot more attention, whereas they used to be things you wouldn't really read up about. You go, oh, he's only a 17-year-old, I'm not interested. Whereas nowadays we think, well, in a year and a half he could be in the first team. So actually yeah. I'm going to look on YouTube and see yeah. if I can find something yeah. on this. Yeah. It's all a new ball game. Yeah. We signed one this week who had a great name. So I read it. Yes. Yeah, Honda 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 like, never, uh, like a Dutch-sounding name. That's what I want. I want great names of youth players. <laughs> <laughs> So we can make that happen, Delia. <laughs> not any Darrens or. I don't know. <laughs> you want oh, exotic. Cost me. Gary like that. Callum is literally one. No, okay. William Hondemark is perfect. You have to do that. Alright. So, speaking of fantastic players with lovely names like Wesley, big celebration match coming up. Russ versus Wes, two of the incredible players of our time. Very, very simple question. Are you Team Russ or Team Wes? Oh. On the day, who will you be supporting? You can only support one, do you? That's the game. Draw. <laughs> <laughs> Score draw with about five goals each. Five each, five all, yeah, yeah. How comfortable is the fence? <laughs> um, so the who's team? No, quickly, whose team are you on? Uh, very difficult. Yeah, go on. Yeah, you can only support one. Um, yeah, uh, Delia, is there room on the fence over there? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Very easy question, Tom. Yeah, well, why don't you answer it then? I'm Team Wes. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. I'm Wesy. <laughs> okay, well, I'll go Russ and that evens it up a bit, doesn't it? You, you mentioned 23 years. Um, how set in stone or written in pencil uh, are your plans going forward for how long you intend to be as actively involved as you are now? What succession plans, if any, are there? What, what have you guys thought about with, with that? Well, I think when we turn 100, we'll probably turn, pack it in. That seems fair. Yeah. Uh, no, we haven't seriously. got anyone to push the wheelchair anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... I think oh, we have slightly shifted our stance over the years, um, you have to admit that, um, but underlying it all has always been the fact that we really want to try, whatever happens, it's got to be in the best interest of the football club. Um, not money, not us, not... Um, and how you define what's in the best interest of the football club is probably the next question. Um, uh, I think I, we have seen so many times clubs that have thrown money at it, thrown it, I mean, in hundreds of millions, and they've done absolutely bugger all, mm. frankly. Yeah, I've got a swear oh, gone word. Backwards. That's the first swear word you've heard. <laughs> um, no, on gone backwards, as you say. Mm. Um, and I think um, you've really got to be, be aware of that um, and do your best to... Now, how, how you... You can't predict how anyone is going to, you know, you that particular shake could look very, uh, um, the camels are coming down Carrow Road and all that. Mm. And um, we're, uh, you know, you think, yes, well, actually, I mean, Sheikh Mansur has actually done a good job at Man City, to be honest. But there are plenty of other sheikhs who haven't. Mm -hmm. Lots of American bankers who mm -hmm. haven't, and um, people from Dubai and Hong Kong. And, um, it's a bit of a snake pit, isn't it, snake really? Pit. So what would it take for you guys to be assured if someone did approach you with... Oodles of cash. Because we've got the eight grand. We would never, we love our football club too much to ever stand in the way. If somebody with the right person came along and wanted to buy our football club, which would make it better, we just want to assure our fans that we would ne we care for the football club too deeply. We don't have any, you know, thing for ourselves in it. We just want the club to succeed. Mm. So if we had the right person. I know that once um, I gave an interview which the, the journalist promised he'd send it to Joe Ferrari and he didn't. 
and you know what we said was we were bored because we we have seen some real stinkers haven't we really tossers i think tossers um you know they don't want to put any money in but you know we have seen and, so, and then you get to the stage where i don't really want to raise myself up and go and meet them anymore so we, we we're not going to do that now we are going to let Stuart Webber and um, Zoe. That Zoe, ben. ben, they can sort it out. They can come to us and say, look, this is really good. Yeah. But um, unless it's really good, you know, we're not interested. And in, in the succession, um, I don't know, we, we um, whatever's best for the football club, I think we might sort of come round to that. I don't know. Yes, it's... Um it's not an academic point at the moment, but it's um, it's only something of the back it's of the mind. It's on the radar. Back of the mind. It's on, it's the, on radar the radar. Bit, yeah. 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 Twenty-three years of majority shareholdering. Can you pick out a particular low point where you thought, Do you know what, this is more hassle than it's worth, and likewise a point where you have thought, Do you know what, all of those hard times were worth it. Yeah. Well, the second one's easier. Uh, if it's me, then it's the playoff final. In, so that's uh, the sweetest of the promotions for you. I think the whole day was just. You're just asking for the sweetest moment. And 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 the most challenging. Um, if you ever came close to just thinking, do you know what this really isn't worth? All it's cracked up to be. No, I've never thought it wasn't worth. No, I've never ever thought that. But we did. We did once, where we, we tried to get somebody to bring money into the football club because we were desperate, we were really desperate, and it, it didn't work out at all. It was awful. And um, Oh, I see, yes, all right. Yeah, yeah do you I'm remember? You. I'm going. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I just think that was, that was my most lowest, lowest moment. It was just awful. But we've never, ever, ever had enough of it or wanted to work, walk away, never. That hasn't happened. What about your sweetest? Was it Wembley as well? Sweetest? I think it probably was. Um, yeah, I think it probably was. Although I don't want to be in the playoffs. I don't want to be in the playoffs. Ever. <laughs> we've done it. We've, we've completed but it. Now. Did yeah. it. <laughs> playoffs we did it. Completed. I mean, wasn't it awful? And then we drew it, switch, and everything like oh. But I, I remember, the, I remember the confidence. Uh, I was at an event. Um, uh, end of season event again so after the final league game and it was confirmed that we would have it switch in the playoffs because mm -hmm. of the results that day or the week before <sighs> but I remember how unbelievably confident I mean obviously they, they're going to say that but you could just feel that, that all of the players they were talking about it so assumptively it's like well look at their play look at their squad look at our squad how many of them would get in our team of course we're going to win of course, we're going to win over, over over two legs. They've got no chance. They might they might you know fluke a one nil in in, in their place. But there's no. They, they were so confident. But football's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 funny. Similarly, I felt more confident going into the Ipswich playoff derby games than I have any other Me too. derby games Me since. Too. I just, just felt so calm. So like. Did you feel calm I'm, at half time? Yeah, I still yeah. felt no, really really calm. You didn't. Absolutely at not. At half time, no. I was like in bits. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I had a moment of, is this going to be one of those days, was when they equalised in the Cow Road game almost like, immediately after we'd taken the lead. So I thought when we'd taken the lead and they'd had the man sent off, they thought, that is it, this is done. And then they scored almost immediately. 
And I thought, oh, have we have we now thrown this away? But as soon as Redmond scored the second, mm. so calm, never felt in doubt then. Just you saying Redmond scoring the second just immediately makes me think of um, Chris Gorham. <laughs> it's two. Unbelievable commentary. From yeah, and then Cameron Jordan nicking it under him for that well, third goal. Well, well yeah, but I, yeah, I was just thinking of Wembley though. Like, like ah, sorry, the, okay. the, the commentary of Gorham at, at Wembley, which obviously on the day we didn't hear. We didn't but, hear it. No, of course, but but then listening to it back. <coughs> I find that with um, the Simeon Jackson goal against yes, Derby. Yeah, I can yeah. only hear Chris Oh, yeah, Gorham. that was the no, sweetest can... moment. Yeah. Sorry, I might have moment. changed my mind. As a single moment, that was mine, I think. I've got a question. So, what is your, over the 23 years, and I've got a particular vested interest in this, but what is your has been your favourite chant about a particular Norwich player or a returning Norwich player? We used to have a lot more than we have now. There's some starting to take off. Emmy Buendia's got I'm, I'm a nice glad, one. I'm glad it's coming back. Emmy Buendia's a brilliant one. Mm. Yeah. There's only one Emmy... Um, there's only one Emmy Fleming. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that one. Clever. True. I think I like that one too. Um... What about like a returning player? Like, so I really liked um, Sammy Klingen. Oh, oh. <laughs> it could have been you. It could have been you. <laughs> yes, okay, Michael can have that one and I'll have that one. Yeah, that's early. That was just. What humour that the was. The comic timing in that was perfect. It was fabulous. It was fabulous. I'd love to have Sammy Klingen on the podcast just to ask him about that, how that made him feel. But let's all agree here spurn Norwich at your peril. And he was mm. good as well. Like, but isn't it amazing? Player. His career went complete, like, complete nosedive, didn't it? isn't it amazing? Spurn Norwich at your barrel. Yeah. And there's been Off a few from that same and... season, yeah. <laughs> Daryl Russell just kept coming back, didn't he? Yeah, I like Daryl. Right? <laughs> yeah. well, but even when he wasn't playing for us, he scored the goals for West Brom, that, yeah, that, that won, sorry, for Stoke against West Brom, yeah. that, that yeah. Uh, won, yeah. us, won us the league that night. Yeah. reason that you've really come to Lorne's living room tonight. It's time for the Long Come Norwich quiz. Now, we're going to break tradition. Delia and Michael, you can be together to answer your questions. Okay. You will have one minute to answer six questions. Uh, you've got a minute, so if you're a bit stuck on one, pass. Okay. Um, you can dive in either of you at any point, because uh, we'll go back to any that you've passed on, a bit like Mastermind. We'll go back to them like again and get another chair. Yeah. Another chance. So I'm not in quite as posh chair. It's a lovely chair, Lorne, but it's not a Mastermind chair. So your if time... previous podcasts or anything to go by, your questions will be, what year did you first get involved with the football club? What colour shoes are you wearing now? And our questions will be, what was the temperature at the exact <laughs> moment that Simeon yeah, Jackson scored against Derby? So don't, don't feel like you're not going to There is a fine. theme. Pass, 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 pass. <laughs> there is a theme. It's the far away. Uh, both you <laughs> and these two, because they'll have a go after you, both you two and these guys have got three Norwich City questions and then three more miscellaneous football ones. I've genuinely tried to make it fairer this yeah, week because there's yeah, two of them whatever. And, the, and you're going on the So, Delia and Michael, your time starts now. Michael, you started watching Norwich in the early 50s. Who was the manager until 1957? McCauley. 
Incorrect. You took the reins in 1997. At that time, which future Norwich manager was playing in midfield? Wrong. No. Um, we'll move on. Uh, who was this, this season's first pre-season game against? Oh. Um. Um. Lowe a good guess, but it's close, but not quite right. Um, uh, which? Now we've got. We'll move on. We'll come back. <laughs> which striker has just signed on loan for Chelsea? Oh, Higuain. We'll accept one. Uh, name a Swedish player to have scored more than twenty goals in the Premier League. Uh, who captained France no. in the World Cup final last summer? Um, Zidane. Zidane. Incorrect. Uh, you started watching Norwich in the early 50s? Oh. So you've got one out of six, which is kind of Could easily win. <laughs> so we'll just see if these two knew the answers to your questions. Who was the manager early 50s until 1957? See, uh, before tonight, I would have said Ron Ashman, but I'm assuming not because he would have been Norman playing right Lowe. No, Norman Lowe. Norman Lowe. Norman Rowe? Norman Lowe. What year was that? Uh, up until uh, 53 to 57. I didn't... Oh, 57. Yeah, 55. Uh, but you yeah. were only 11. Yeah, I was only 11. I, I get told off for not making them hard enough. Um, the, you also get four... told off for making them wrong. <laughs> I, I, I'm not committing yeah. to any of these being accurate. <laughs> you took the reins in 1997. Uh, which, which future Norwich manager was playing in the field? Oh, it's got to be Neil Adams. Adams. John, John. Neil Adams. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have said Peter Grant. Well, it could have been anyone. Well, that would be my first earlier. guess. Peter Grant, Grant slightly really. earlier. Uh, who was the, this season's first pre-season game against? I I I I do actually know this. I got done by the police. Um, oh, that was the year before. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, the first driving... pre-season game. Was it in this it country? Be, yeah. Be, Okay. Kings Lynn. So, lowest off, oh, you're, right. you're on the right line. Um, <laughs> Just the other side yeah, of the yeah. Yeah. You're exactly wrong. Uh, so, uh, you've got Higuain, as the striker who signed on loan for Chelsea. Um, there are two Swedish players who have scored more than 20 goals in the Premier League. Have they both got the same surname? Um, Jack and Leicester. Leicester. Uh, no, you're Larson. Tottenham. Ibrahimovic. No, close. He got about eighteen, nineteen. What about Larson? Seb Larson? We're looking for Seb Larson yeah. or Freddie Lundberg. Oh yeah, Lundberg. Freddie Lundberg. Uh, Freddie Lundberg. Yeah, he scored forty-eight wow. goals. Uh, and the, name. the World Cup final last summer captain was Lloris. Hugo Lloris, the goalkeeper. Oh. So there is one out of six to draw level. We've got a good tiebreaker. Now, John Punt. Is it me? You have a minute. Now, then you can be a judge of whether or not the questions are fairly weighted. I can tell you now. <laughs> your, your time starts now. You started watching Norwich in the 86-87 season. Who was the top scorer of that campaign? Kevin Drinkle. Correct. Who was the kit manufacturer in the Worthington promotion season? Oh, God. <laughs> Zara? Correct. Who was our second overseas pre-season game against this season? Bielefeld. Incorrect. Which former Liverpool forward has joined Fulham this transfer window? What's his name? Babel. Correct. Who was the first Brazilian to score a Premier League hat-trick? It's not going to be Miriam. Pass. Who captained Germany in the 2014 World Cup final? Muller. Incorrect. Who was our second overseas pre-season game against this season? Pass. I'm never going to get that. Uh, okay. Uh, who was the first Brazilian to score a Premier League hat-trick? Robinho. Incorrect. Who captained Germany in the 2014 World Cup final? Lahm. Correct. Uh, first, uh, second pre-season game? Dresden. Incorrect. 
First Brazilian to score Time. Premier League kit. Four out of six is a That's very, right. very good That's score. Strong director right. uh, good that. That's too good. So Why didn't I say a later this, season when this, you asked what my first one was? The second pre-season game was Union Berlin. Um, oh, that, yeah. was, that was solid. Um, and, we were there. Uh, <laughs> that was when the under-23 scored six nil. Oh, that's... Yeah. And yeah. Ebo scored four. And our little Josh. Spira. That little Josh. Spira. Oh, he played, but mm. yeah. Uh, Spira scored two, yeah. Yeah, we, didn't we got that, this. Did you get No. But you weren't there. Afonso Alves scored the first. Oh, uh, that was it. Eight-one or something against Man City. But, uh, uh, Robinho was a, pre- a Premier League. Uh, yeah, I knew he got one. Okay, so you've got four to equal uh, or five to win, Lorne. It's a tall ask this week. Mm. Your time, Lorne, starts now. Your first Norwich game was in the 89-90 season. Who was the top scorer of that campaign? Fleck. Correct. Who was the home kit sponsor in the Worthington promotion season? Proton. Correct. Can you name any of the opponents in the 2013 pre-season tour of the US? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, To which country has Denver Bar just transferred to? Turkey. Correct. Aside from Tevez and Aguero, name an Argentinian to have scored more than 15 goals in the Premier League. Um, Verón. Incorrect. Who captained Spain in their 2010 World Cup final? Uh, Ramos? No, Piquet. Incorrect, both of them. Uh, can you name any of the opponents in the 2013... Can you name an American MLS team? Uh, Orlando City. No. Um, San Jose. Um, correct. Just keep... Uh, yeah, San Jose. Aside from, aside from Tevez and Aguero, 15 goal plus Argentinian. Uh, Zabaleta. Incorrect. Uh, who captained Spain in 2010? Uh, oh, um, Sorry. the guy with the big hair, Puyol. Uh, I can't accept... Either the guy with the big hair or Poyo. Because <laughs> it's wrong. What did you get? Three? No, at least four. I think you got four. You got Flex, you got Proton, you got San Jose Earthquakes, and you got Turkey, so you did get four. So we do go to a tiebreaker. Um, you could have had Dorados de Signola or Portland Timbers as the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Hernan Crespo, Manuel Lanzini, or Len- Len- Leonardo Ujoa. Oh, thank you. So 4-4. Four, four. Oh, Ike Casillas was no. the Spain goalkeeper. Uh, was he? Uh, uh, so... The time, the tie break. You guys can have a go at this as well. Although these two are fighting it out for the for the win. Ashley Ward was the top scorer in two seasons with the Canaries in the mid nineties. How many goals did he get in the yellow and green? I want an exact guess. In total, yeah, twenty-three. Michael's gone twenty-three. Yeah, give me a minute. Oh, what are you going to count them? Thirty. Yeah. Just rewinding the, the highlights <laughs> in his head. You're going 30 in, two, in those two seasons. Oh, in those two seasons. I think you said in total. Yeah, yeah, across, yeah, in total across those two seasons. Because okay. oh, he got um, all of his goals in two seasons, basically. So, so I'm saying... 39. He's gone up to 39. Well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 30. Okay. This is based on Wikipedia this, and could be wrong. Is this four seasons? This is, this is for two seasons. He the two seasons he joined us midway through a season. Doesn't so it's matter. Purely this is the two seasons that. that he was top scorer. So if you add together the two seasons where he was a top scorer... This is the yeah, amount. I remember it, but... What did you guess? 30? 29. 31. 31. Uh, it's actually much, much lower. Who was the lowest? Me. You went 31. Uh, so therefore you are you are the winner because yeah. uh, he top scored one season with single figures. We've <laughs> 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 got loads before that. Good stuff, that. <laughs> We've got one more um, sort of competition in honour of you coming, Delia. Right. Um, and it's... We all bake for you. Oh, wow. Very good. 
Now, there's no pressure to actually taste test them. So you don't have to actually just, eat any of these. But just so you know, if you want to do it on pure appearance, you can. Oh, but these are <laughs> these are for everyone, not just you. But right. well, we thought we right. couldn't get you on and not get you to. So, so Punt has baked, Lorne has baked, and I have baked. And you, what you've got there is um, a selection. Do you, so what have we got, Lorne? Uh, we've got Leberkuchen on the far left. We've got ginger and lemon, treacle bread in the middle. And then I think we've got chocolate brownies on the right. <laughs> They're not no. your recipe, then. No. You can go full sort of prune leaf Mary Berry and turn your nose up at all of them. Because they could well be dreadful. There's no smiling going on. This is good. You don't smile when you're tasting. Okay, oh, sorry. Yeah. That's, that's like the first thing they teach you. There's no <laughs> tasting going on. We always say, I always said I vowed and declared I would never eat anything on television. And I didn't. Did you not? Oh, really? No, okay. I can't bear it. You know what? They're all brilliant. Oh, <laughs> oh what a diplomat. <laughs> no, they're very good. Very good. Very good. We will wrap up and we will thank you massively for your time this evening. Excellent. Thank you for sharing your memories and your plans for hopefully a very successful end of the season. Um, so all it, it takes is for me to also thank Punt. Bye. Say thank you, Lonnie. Bye. And thank you from me. Bye-bye. <laughs>